Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of directed video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Switch. In Switch, a serial womanizer is confronted and killed by three of the women he's taken advantage of. Instead of heading to hell, he will be allowed into heaven if he can find just one woman that likes him. In order to do this, God sends him back as a woman, played by Ellen Barkin. Screenplay by Blake Edwards, directed by Blake Edwards, and released on May 10th, 1991. Now I know that you've seen Switch before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I I have not. No, this is this is the first time. I have. How does it compare to your childhood memories of it? Um, there's a few things that I noticed that I've never noticed before, and it was the guy who played the devil. He was in various scenes, like, watching over... Yeah. Which I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah, he's always kind of lurking. <laughs> lurking to, to make sure that whatever she's supposed to do gets done, but I think he doesn't want it to get done because he wants someone to... He wants her to go to hell, or him. Yeah, it's it's a weird conceit of the movie, right? So, okay, when he... When he when Steve dies, the lead character guy, Steve uh, Brooks, dies, he's confronted by the voices of God. It's a, a man and a woman in voiceover mm-hmm. um, sharing the lines or both, you know, taking turns, whatever. And then the devil comes in and says, you know, if you really want to make this a fair fight, you know, like, because I want this guy for yeah. myself, you should send him back as a woman, which... I don't know how that would make things harder to well, find because the goal is to, to find, find a one woman. woman who liked Steve. Yes. So how would that make it harder? I think it'd make it easier because women would be more open to speaking freely and openly about Steve if he to just... another woman. But you see her calling all his past girlfriends and whatever and they... And they all are like, oh, that motherfucker. Blah. Like right, but, like, if, but if it was Steve calling them. I think they would still give him the same treatment. Maybe. The, or they would just hang up on him and be like, fuck you. I, I think that maybe some of them would have been like more nice on the phone, quote unquote. If, just he was, like, if he came back as Steve. Yeah. But that's why he wants, that's why the devil wants Steve to make it harder. I, mean, I see that point. I guess I guess my point is, you know... Easier for it, the devil, not easier for Steve. No, but I mean... I don't know. What, what, what do you... It, I also got a little confused with the original premise and thinking, oh, he just needs to get someone to make them like him. I thought Not that... just find someone who did like him while he was alive the first time, but make a woman like him. Which would obviously be a little bit easier to do as a woman, relating to other women who's you know, a new person. You know, but we don't I have think that history. In Ellen Barkin, Amanda, I think she was trying to find someone who was a woman, but she brought up Steve's name. And whenever she brought up Steve's name, they were like, oh, that fucking guy, fuck him. So, like, if. There's no way to make a woman like Steve 
while she is a woman because no one like if that's, she, that's true yeah because if because, he comes back as steve then steve could like make someone like her yeah he could be he could change his he could change sure. his ways and he can even just you know gaslight a woman you know just, just love a woman and, and then like once that love is reciprocated by the woman then he's in heaven then he's like okay i'm gonna drop her well, he wouldn't drop her. He'd be let into heaven. Like, that's the whole oh, thing, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, So. No, but I thought, okay, yeah, he would be let into heaven. So he, w- he would have died. Yeah. So, like, I think part of my problem with this movie in general is, like, the rules aren't clear at Not all. Not really. But, I mean, we just had to, like, go through it. I mean, these are, like, my thoughts. But, I mean, also, like... How much time, like, why is there not a time limit imposed on this? Like, is it limited? Like, should it be just limited to people that Steve knew in the past? Why do the gods not know the answer to this already? I think Steve even mentions that when he's talking to them at one point. It's like, well, you should know if someone likes me or not. Because you're all knowing. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, the, the parameters and the rules are, are just kind of loose because, I mean, spoiler, it's basically like a year worth of time that yeah. passes over the course of this. And it's uh, like, well, you know, there should be some sort of, like... Yeah, you have, like, three months. Or, I mean, that's what the devil would be like. I give you <laughs> he something, like, so outrageous. Like, I give you one month or something to find, like, a woman to, like, you... Yeah, because, but... I mean, if it's just, like, unlimited time, then, hey, stop looking and now live your life again as this new person. Right. Well, that... Even at the very end when she dies... <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's now... It's like a voiceover with Amanda slash... Gods. S- the gods <laughs> yeah because yeah, it's two gods God. when she go when she does go to heaven uh they ask her do you want to be, now that you've lived in a man's body and a woman's body what angel what type of angel do you want to be you want a female angel or a male angel and she's like mm, let me think about it but then they fast forward to when her daughter is like five years old maybe or yeah, something Definitely not, like, the next day. (laughs) No, because... And then they visit her grave with uh, Walter, uh, visits uh, Amanda's grave, and then the gods ask her again. They're like, have you thought about being a male or female angel? (laughs) And Amanda goes, hmm, I still gotta think about it more. So, like, that... Like, what's that? Yeah. She can just be... It's like, yes, like there's a, literally eternity, but like... Like, why does there have to be a gendered angel? <laughs> like, <laughs> you can just be an angel. Yeah, like, why not just let them swap between the two whenever they yeah. want, if that's what they're... If it's causing indecisiveness. I don't know. But yeah, that those rules, like, wouldn't they... I mean, the gods that are talking to her... Wouldn't they, they, they're not, you know, they're not, like, pissed off or, like, annoyed that she hasn't made her mind up. They're like, okay, well, you take all the time that you need. Mm -hmm. But, um, it seems like she's not gonna make up her mind. (laughs) I don't know. Which, I guess, means that she's staying as the the female. Yeah. uh, Because that's what she is in those scenes. Yeah. The rules establishing stuff would be a big help to this because yeah it, it was it was kind of confusing at the end to see her like go through this whole ordeal at the end and be like the oh trial. okay so, well not not just that but also like the i guess we'll just spoil right the pregnancy like um like okay you get to have like a full lot so you've been alive for like at least a year in this yeah. body like uh, all right I wish I would have known, like, what the time constraints were. It's a weird way to go about a body swap movie. That's for sure. The other thing that really made me confused with the the rules part is at some point... All right, so Steve is dead, right? So Steve is is confronted by these three women 
Margot and Liz and Felicia. Margot's like the ringleader of the, the, the conspiracy. And they all get into a hot tub. He thinks it's going to be like a foursome between these exes of his. And they, you know, they're all reconciling or whatever. But they're all conspiring to kill him by drowning him in the hot tub. Mm-hmm. We think it works. Then you have the brief horror movie moment where he comes out of the water when they all think that the deed is done. And he's like, ah! And, yeah, then, yeah. They, and then Margot shoots him with the gun a few times. Yeah, and then so. they throw his body in the river. Yeah. And I thought that this was uh, another thing. I thought his body disappeared. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying about the rules, right? Yeah. Like this, later on in the movie, so, like, his a fisherman feet, finds the body. Because wouldn't they have the same body? In body swap movies, you would have the same body. Yeah, you're changing minds you're... by keeping the body. Yes. Yes. But now I thought his male form turned into a female so that his male form is now gone. So why would it still be floating in a river near New York City, you know? Well, how about this for a question? So right? he had a whole new body, a female whole body. New, whole new body, which makes sense. Right? I get it. But, but like, you know... Um, why uh, why when the fisherman finds the body of Steve is that not the time limit right when the, they find cause because the like, two bodies because now yeah. Steve exists in two places at yeah, once yeah yes that, that's, that's the problem for me like it's like I understand that his mind has been transposed or his consciousness has been put into this new being but that could have easily been the impetus to be like you got to do this before they find your body because when that happens, then it's like, you know, this paradox thing. Yeah, you, you, you will cease to exist as this form. You can't have your dead body and then live body on the same earth or something. Yeah, yeah. like why or whatever. Not? But that's not how it goes. But then Instead, where, you just have like this very brief I scene guess where Amanda another, has to identify herself as a dead body. Yeah, another question is whose body is Amanda's? <laughs> Yeah, it's. It, I'm assuming it's just a completely brand new I, thing. Yeah, because that never comes up. It's as not like someone, taken from like a dead woman, you know. Right, you don't that have somebody been, coming up and recognizing Amanda. Yeah, I mean that would have been kind of interesting. It's yes. like taking the soul from Steve and then putting it into a soul of a recently like deceased woman. Right. And then that would just be like Ellen Barkin. Yeah, that but, did not. Happen. That didn't happen. It's just like so, he wakes up and he like he's like after talking like to big. the gods. It's like yeah, big. Yeah, he wakes up and real like about to go to the bathroom, and then when he's about to pee, he looks down and finds himself to be a woman. Yeah, and so. he yeah they th- he thinks it's like all a dream, but wakes up and finds himself to be a woman. Yeah, it's, um, so it's not a strict body swap, it's a body, I don't know, transformation. Because he's not swapping bodies with someone else, that's No, no. But it's, yeah, it's more like a big in terms of, like, a body transformation thing, and he wakes up in a different thing that he's not used to, but it's still, it's still... It's still the same mind. His mind. He has all the memories, including the memory of being killed. Yeah. And so, like, one of his first stops is to go to Margo and confront her about the killing and basically let her know that this new person who she's uh now known as amanda Mm -hmm. so steve brooks is you know trying to oh i think she tries to talk to walter his co-worker walter calls first oh walter does because amanda steve is late for work yeah and walter is concerned about his friend steve and then when ellen barkin answers the phone she's like She's, like, telling Walter, hey, it's me, Steve. And then, you know, Walter's like, stop joking around. Who are you? Yeah. And then he, like, Ellen Barkin just says, I'm a man, but then goes, I'm a man, duh. Yeah. And then she starts to build this backstory of, oh, I'm her. I'm Steve's I'm a half-sister. He didn't know about me until recently, but he's letting me take care of all these affairs, letting me stay in his apartment, and all this kind of other stuff. Um, And so she she goes to Margot to basically confront 
you know, talk about all these intricate details of the crime that no one should know about, and then uses that for blackmail purposes in order to, like, borrow clothes, to go into work, and, and you know, start to build up that sort of um, malicious relationship where if she needs anything as a woman, Amanda can now go to Margot because otherwise um, the cops will be called. Mm-hmm. So you get that all going on. And a lot of the... <laughs> What's interesting about this movie is that basically the way that Amanda is able to get around and do all kinds of different stuff that should not happen is because she has Steve's memories of all of the shitty stuff that these people have done. So Margot killing the people or killing the person, right? That, mm-hmm. That's the one thing. But in terms of like men, it's like he has dirt. They're all on, cheating like, on their wives. Yeah, all the all the deviancy and the sexual right stuff that they have done behind the scenes and uses that as blackmail to allow them to stay in various different apartments or whatever yeah and, and then get even get and a, get the job the yeah. job like steve's job yeah and she then takes get over raise. steve's job <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, like immediately it, because she knows well she knows about this faxton account she knows about that, the Faxton account. That's because something that was probably something Steve was going to be working on while he was alive. Or hoping to get. Yeah. yeah. And then also he knows about uh, the boss, Arnold Friedkin's improprieties as well. Uh, and is able to sort of blackmail his way into, or her way into the position. Yeah. So pretty much everyone has those nasty secrets except for Walter. Yeah. At least as far as we can tell, it's never needed. Walter is like the one who's like the true friend, it seems like. Um, the only one who actually wants to hang out with Steve slash Amanda as a normal person for the most mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, here's okay. Steve is like a shitty person. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I'm kind of going back to the beginning a little bit. It's like, how does he sh- have friends? <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't doubt that. I think it's more like another thing with the rules is like, why is he given the option? Like, why is he given to go to, to go heaven? Into heaven? Yeah, like why? Why is it's that like on the table done, for him? You've done all these shitty things. Just automatically go to hell. Yeah, I don't think we get enough background for Steve. Like, all we know is that he's, like, a pure-on woman. Promiscu- yeah. Yeah, you know, like, he's, yeah, he's permit. I don't, I don't know if he's, like, he doesn't seem to be hiding things. He's just shitty towards women and treats them as objects. Yes. Um, but that's all we know about him. Well, yeah, because we just see Steve for the first five minutes, and then... That's about it. That's it. And, and yeah, like, these three women are, are sick of his... running around and they you know they decide to kill him um i don't know i I just wish i would have known more about his character because even throughout the the rest of the movie he could have been like a very good worker and like a good all-around guy except he's just a shithead to women yeah like maybe he gave to charities maybe he did certain (laughs) other things you know what i mean like but he just seems like a typical like asshole guy yes he does which is why I'm saying, like, why would heaven even be on the table other than yeah, for plot reasons? Uh, yeah, I get it. And I want more context for that. So I, Yeah, the, the gods, when he was talking to the gods, they could have been like, look, you've done horrible things on Earth, but we're going to give you a chance. Right. But they don't even say that. It's just kind of like, this is like when, I mean, if we talk about past move like defending your life, but also like the rapture or something, mm-hmm. where it's like this purgatory where it's like, um, like the gods know everything that he did and they know he's a horrible person, but are they giving a bunch of people who have recently died second chances, you know? Right. Like, what if there were... It would have been interesting if Amanda, like, ran into someone else who was, like, in someone else's body, you know? Like, there was a whole, like, one out of a hundred people. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's trying to figure out their lives in another body. Yeah. I, like, yeah. there's other switches going. Because I guess the other thing we don't know is that if 
if Steve would have come back as a man, would he have come back as Steve? I maybe not. Or come in a totally different male body. Right. But then his other Steve know. body is like yeah, floating cause, in cause the Steve river. Is, yeah, Steve is dead as we know from here. Like if when they, Amanda appears, they just the body bring... doesn't disappear from the river, so yeah. it probably would have been a completely different guy body. Yeah, because I guess if his real body came to life, he would have like a shotgun through his like bullet holes or whatever through his torso because that's where they shot him. Yeah, maybe. But, and he'd be like, and he if he was confronting Margot as Steve, that would like freak her out because she'd be like, "I killed you." We're getting really into like the whole, yeah. I don't know, like, <laughs> like the mythos of this movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like honestly, the, the the ending too bothers me to a degree. Like I get what they're going for for sure, but at the same time, okay, so Amanda gets pregnant. We can't... Okay, we, like, the entire middle of the movie. I know. Okay, but... Oh. All right. So, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff that happens, but most of it is just, like, Amanda, like, trying to maintain her job. But and also... And also calling random women at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And She's, again, like, the only thing that... Sorry. The only thing that, that Amanda hears from these women is that yeah, Steve, Steve is a sucks. piece of shit yeah. for mistreating them as women. So we never hear anything about the positives of him at all, anywhere, not even from the guys. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem for me. Like, why is heaven on the table? Sorry. I cut you off. Okay, we can just, like, so, yeah, Amanda's going, trying to do the job, also calling all these women. She's trying to get this faxed in account because if she gets that account, then she gets the job basically like her salary and the salary is like a huge salary yeah it's like two hundred fifty thousand. it'll be more money than what steve was making yeah uh, for the same they're advertising executives by the way Uh, so when we're saying the job that's what we mean is advertising stuff and it turns out that uh so the faxton account the woman is lorraine bracco who is sheila faxton um so amanda calls her up and you know amanda's like amanda as steve she's still kind of acting like the masculine i guess that's in the woman body that's the big running theme and that's like the the crux of the humor of the movie. Yeah, she can't walk in heels. Is that <laughs> she hates have? her hair because it's all like in her face and she's like, it takes me an hour to blow dry my hair. So then she goes to the barber one day. But that's like near the, almost the end of the movie. Yeah, it changes her like, hair. Like the last 20 minutes or something. Changes her hair. Like, but she's, and then in the beginning she kind of doesn't know how to dress. That's why she goes to Margot and like mm-hmm. steals Margot's stuff or not steal it just take some of Margot's stuff until there's one day where she t- like Margot is kind of like at the mercy of amanda slash steve because you know steve has this inf- steve amanda has this information about Margot killing him so there's a point where Margot and amanda are shopping and Amanda's like, yeah, I'll take everything. And it was like $40,000 worth of clothes and jewelry and makeup. Yeah. And then it go- and Amanda's like, you can put that on your credit card, right? Yeah. So, yeah, she's like blackmailing everyone. And then trying, and then trying to get this account. So Amanda is just coming on to Sheila, like... Uh, just you know being not too aggressive just you know kind of confident in herself because she just uh, barges into Sheila's office and she's like let me take you out let me do this and and then Sheila's automatically kind of attracted to that type her advancements yeah, it's, it's Steve's typical because that's how Steve and his yeah his would act. aggressive flirtiness yes and pick up lines and stuff like that and, and Amanda's even Amanda's saying body. stuff like yeah is is it's because of my great legs right or my great ass and then everyone's like whoa okay like you're very confident in yourself yeah but 
Yeah, and then we find out that Sheila is a lesbian and is attracted to Amanda, Mm -hmm. but also wants to start a relationship with Amanda. And they have, like, this whole thing, but Sheila is also kind of the aggressive type person. Yeah, she's also she's, kind of like an alpha woman. She's a high she power want, executive. Yeah, she want, she takes control. charge. So Amanda's kind of like thrown off by... Well, Steve slash Amanda yeah. is thrown off by that. It's like, I've never had a woman treat me like that as a man. Right. Because I'm the aggressor. So seeing a woman do this to me as a woman, <laughs> it's a little like weirding me out. Yeah. And, and then causes, there's a point... It causes a rift, and it, this is like a massive account because it's a Faxton Cosmetics, yeah. which is a big old thing. Right. Me. But then um, she uh, Amanda does get the account. Like, there yeah. is a point where, uh, like, uh, Sheila invites Amanda to this party of hers, and they're about to hook up, but Amanda kind of gets too shy and just, you know, kind of is like, I can't do this. Yeah, I don't know if it's shyness. Or... Exactly. I think it's more the conversation that comes afterwards. I think it's that scene that like comes it's, afterwards. Like, I'm a little too freaked out that this is happening. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the conversation where I think Margot's like, well, it's because you're homophobic. Mm. I think I think that was, like, the root of that in terms of this movie. Um, this movie slides in a bunch of different social commentary discussions as, like... Yeah, how men treat women, and then now that a man is in a woman's body, like, he sees how, like, she is seen as, like, prey, because there's all these, when she's at the office, there's, like, men coming up to her, ogling her, trying to touch her, and she's, like, pushing everyone off. Yeah, because, yeah. And Amanda's getting, like, pissed at this. It, it, it's this weird thing where she knows what to expect because she's she as Steve has done it many mm-hmm. times before but it's but she's also willing to be aggressive enough to call out a bit the behavior when other women probably are too afraid to it seems or, or don't feel like it's, it's not like other women don't know that this shit's also going to happen mm-hmm. right it's just that she is the one who's being aggressive and the guys kind of sometimes take offense to that um, and take it to an additional extreme, sort of like what we see in the bar scene later on when there eventually is a brawl because of some of the shit that had happened earlier in the movie with uh, Faxton and Amanda. But the movie, yeah, like it's it slides in all these like hints of social commentary, but it doesn't really go very far with any of them. It just kind of like introduces this like the topic sentence mm-hmm. and then leaves it at that most of the time i don't know it's 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 a strange strange way to go about it but i understand because this is a light it's supposed to be like a light-hearted comedy it's not meant to be like let me tell you the ills of the world mm-hmm. you know type of <laughs> presentation yeah but then we get into like she gets pregnant and then that's like a problematic it is scene yeah but so she loses. I was surprised that they used some of the words that they used in that scene. Oh yeah, and um, so I mean Amanda gets the account, but then they give they don't give the account to Amanda. They give it to this other guy. Yeah, this new recruit, Dan guy, Jones. Dan Jones, who's in from the West Coast. Um, what you get is you know they they have these little. They're not really subtle hints, but they don't like. They don't beat you over the head with the things like here's this woman who did all the work and now the man's going to get all the credit. Yeah. You know, it's just a a small sentence to sort of indicate that. They don't have, you know, Amanda giving a a monologue about that happening. Yeah, this isn't like working girl where (laughs) you're going to have Tess McGill come in and give a speech about how women are are being treated or something yeah, like that. Th- this movie tends to recognize the problems and then kind of just like, move on. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this this exists in the world. All right, next next scene. Right. Let's go. But then the so 
we get to, I mean, Walter and Amanda are hanging out a lot because, I mean, Amanda has been telling Walter that she is Steve. And I think Walter's just, like, going along. He's like, yeah, whatever, whatever you say. Right. And they just hang out. But he finds Amanda hot, so he's, like, hanging with her. And there's just, like, one night where they get together and they're both drinking a lot. And then uh, she brings him over to her slash Steve's place. And she's, like, I mean, they're both, like, falling over drunk. She's, like, putting Walter to bed, like, taking his clothes off and putting a blanket on him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she wakes up and then they're both... Well, he's naked. The next morning. The next morning she wakes up and then she's like, wait, Walter, when I put you to bed, you had your pants on. Like, why are you naked? Right. And then he's like, don't you remember? And then she's freaking out. Yeah. That they slept together. And then this is like the problematic I mean, yes, it is. I'm I'm surprised that they at least recognized and said the words. Yeah, but then that, they don't that even. Walter had trigger warning. Date raped Amanda. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they said those words. Yeah, she literally says it, and he's like, "Well, like, but, I mean, he did." Uh, I yeah, I've been. And she's, but later on. And then it gets to this message where it's like, Amanda is like, you know what, I'm going to keep the baby. Even though Walter's like, you know what, you have a choice to not, like, I'm okay with you not having this baby if you don't want it. Yes, it does. And then it, but then that's where Margot comes in. Margot comes in when they both wake up from realizing that Amanda has been date raped and yeah, yeah Margot is there to like plant evidence in, in, into the apartment because yeah, she, she has the gun like the body the had gun. been found at this point yeah and and so Margot comes by sees Walter and Amanda they're having this conversation in the meantime while that that destruction is happening Margot hides the gun from the, the crime the shooting of Steve in the couch of Steve's apartment where Amanda is staying um so again, like they they get into these like they hint at these heavier topics, but don't get into yeah. These it doesn't things. like go further. Like it's it's just kind of like well, that happened. Now what? Yeah, and it's type almost of thing. It, it's unfortunately almost treated like a joke, it, it, or not even almost. Like it is basically treated like a joke. Like I would say that Amanda Ellen Barkin's performance is extremely serious but the situation is meant to be comedic in that like here's this wacky thing that happened the guy oh he thought he he thought that she remembered right and then i mean some like steve probably has done this in his male form probably and that's why amanda is like as steve is freaking out but yeah, the way they kind of just, like, move on to the next thing in life. Yeah. Like, they fight about it for five minutes, and then it's just like, alright, I guess I'm having a baby. Kind well, of I mean, like... It, honestly, it's shortly after, like, well, she doesn't know that she's pregnant at that moment, because that was, like, the next morning. Well, yeah, when she becomes like, pregnant, it's like, you know, you have the quick trial that happens afterwards. Right. That, the that's the next gets, thing that's like, okay, well, now we move on. Yeah, to the next like thing. three months later, we see her pregnant, and we're like, oh, okay. Because she has, they have the trial where Amanda is convicted for murdering Steve. Because they find the gun that Margot planted. And also, like, everyone's talking about how she's, you know, mentally unstable because she thinks that she is Steve. Steve, yes. Right? And so everyone's talking about that. And so she's committed. And now we see her five months later and she's pregnant. And that's when they have the talk because they're saying, well, you're probably going to die in childbirth if you give this baby, uh, give birth to this baby. And that's when, you know, Walter's like, well, you don't have to have the baby if you don't want to because it'll save your life. And she's like, no, I'm going to have the baby no matter what. If I die, so be it. Yes. So again, hinting at these larger topics like right to choose and right to life and all this other stuff. Yeah. And it's just kind of like pass along. 
very short time happens later, she's she gives birth to the child. It's a daughter. She holds it up to her chest, and she's like, "Oh look, Walter! I think she likes me." Mm-hmm. And then she, she dies passes away and goes to heaven because here's a female that who likes, likes Steve. Steve. <laughs> yeah. My problem with that in the context of this movie is that this was not somebody who liked Steve. This is someone who likes Amanda. Amanda. Yeah, as This is not someone who pre-existed before Steve died who liked Steve. But that's why, okay, yeah, but then I was like, you could have just gone out with Sheila because Sheila liked Amanda. Yeah, why why doesn't Sheila count if, if this new baby counts? That, if someone yeah. if someone can like Amanda and that counts, then why doesn't Sheila count? That's where that's where I started thinking when watching this now. And like, and how I, how much time has to pass in order for the liking to count? Because this is just a, a couple moments like of the mother daughter bond. With, like, because <laughs> Sheila did like Amanda to begin with, mm-hmm. and then didn't when. The, the homophobic rhetoric started like, yeah when Amanda confessed saying hey I'm only flirting with you just to get this count she yeah. basically just told you and then that, that's when they have that fight so obviously Sheila no longer yeah, likes but Amanda enough she did yes. at some point that's where I started going I was like well Sheila liked Amanda yeah so where are the rules we don't know and yeah but I did, so seeing the devil just show up in various parts, like the devil was at that party that Sheila had. Yeah, he was at the piano like the a piano couple player. different times. Like he was a at couple. the piano at the party, they went to a gay bar, and he was in drag at the gay bar as well. Like he was like on TV, like when Amanda As an was evangelist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Before the news of Steve, I think, yeah. found, uh, so I, I, popped up. Like seeing him pop up, like. That, I've never saw that before watching this movie because I was like a child. <laughs> I was like it's, 12 watching this movie. I'll say, like, honestly, when you're like 12 years old, it's tougher to recognize that actors are the same people if they're wearing like different hair and makeup sometimes. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that until this viewing. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting to see. Yeah, but when I was younger, I just thought Ellen Barkin was cool because of how she acted hmm. throughout the movie. I mean, it, it is a really solid I mean, she's the best part of the movie, is Ellen Barkin trying... She makes the movie. Like, yes. There, there's, there is no movie if it's not Ellen Barkin in this role. Right. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like, nothing to take... Not to take away from any of the other actors. Right? Yeah. But, like, you need to have a specific, solid performance as someone who is... A woman trying to play a man as a woman, mm-hmm. and like she just nails it. Like, like all the physical comedy, all the mannerisms, the body language, right. the actual language. That's that's the strongest part of of this whole thing for sure. Um, and Golden Globes agreed because they nominated her for best female performance. Yeah, and then we also watched the episode of Siskel and Ebert for the episode when this movie was um, released. Mm -hmm. And it was mostly Ebert saying that Barkins should be nominated for an Oscar. No, like he, that was Siskel, sorry. Oh, Siskel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eber, Sis- Eber was sort of saying, like, he wishes more of these things would... Like, the topics would have gone farther. Like, yeah, like what you're saying. Like, more of the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sort of. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, I mean, I agreed with both. Yeah, Siskel was saying that Ellen Barkin makes this movie, and the only reason to watch this movie is for Ellen Barkin, and she should be nominated for an Oscar. And right. but she wasn't. She I was mean, not. but she was nominated for a Golden Globe, but right. didn't win. Um, but yeah, the reason why I watched this movie was because of Ellen Barkin because she made me laugh while I was watching this movie. Like when I was a kid, I yeah. really wasn't paying attention to like the messages you know i mean there's obviously some problematic stuff in here because you do have people saying like the f slur in a, yeah in a definite negative way like unlike bill and ted the example we go to a bunch where that was just kind of like 
not malicious mm-hmm. in the same way, but obviously hurtful because it's there. Yeah. Uh, this is the malicious use of F slurs. Um, and so like that, that kind of thing does happen. There's obviously a lot of shittiness that happens in the characters. I think even just the general conceit of a man can't recognize what bad behavior towards women is unless he is an actual woman himself is slightly problematic because that does seem to be kind of the, the, the weird thesis is like, oh, now that I'm a woman, I understand that this is bad things to do to women. Yes. You know, that's, that's the. The general like thing. you've learned your lesson and but i was a I little bit like the moral of the story yeah but i was honestly a little surprised at how you know like progressive i guess the, like some of the talking points were even though they were just introduced yeah having ellen barkin and like going to like an all-lesbian bar and then ellen barkin and Lorraine Bracco, like, you know, kissing and kind of, like, making out and stuff like that. This was, like, the beginning of showing, like, same-sex relationships in movies. Or, like, women kissing. Because, you know, like, on Roseanne, that yeah. was, like, the first time they ever showed a woman kissing a woman. That was, like, a whole thing. It was a big thing. And then the Ellen episode was Yeah, big when as Ellen well. came out, that was, like, a huge thing. Yeah, so, I mean, but this treated it, I don't know, it's really hard to say if it's respectful or not, but, like, yeah. I was surprised it wasn't, as, I expected something much more um, cringy, for lack of a better word, than than what was here. I don't know, it, that, that surprised me, because you warned me that this might be sort of a problematic movie. Yeah. And, and when I watched it, I'm like, I mean, yeah, there's things that happened at the time, but, like, honestly, considering it's a 1991 movie written by a guy who's been doing stuff for decades, uh, this is a lot more progressive and accepting than I was expecting for this. I mostly just had problems with the the rules of the game. (laughs) 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 That that was uh, offensive to me. (laughs) Well, yeah, for body swap movies, it's not like you're, you're not really swapping bodies no you you take a whole new form no but yeah it's 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 amanda learning how to be a woman how to live as a woman how to navigate all these shitty situations and you know more tactful than i thought it was going to be I think we covered pretty much everything except for maybe like the songs, <laughs> but um, I was going to talk about the soundtrack because it's very uh, yeah we can get weird. To, get into that in a second because uh, we'll we'll jump into awards and we'll say that aside from the Golden Globe nomination, the only other one is a Grammy nomination for Lyle Lovett's song "You Can't Resist It." Mm-hmm. I don't remember that song. It's not the one that plays over the opening and closing credits. No, that's a. That was a Joni that Mitchell a Joni written Mitchell song performed by... Song. It's uh, Paul Young Paul and Clannad. Yeah. Or Clannad. They're, they're an Irish band. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I mean, Paul Young, I've heard the name. But, yeah. um, so, I, I don't know what that song is at all. I don't Both remember. Sides Now, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that one I remember from the movie... But I don't know what you can't resist it is. I don't know the wild yeah, I, song at all. Because I I made a list of like all the songs that were playing throughout the movie, like the Billie Holiday song that was, mm. the Lover Man. That's when they the three women invite Steve over and they're playing Billie Holiday. Mm. And then there's the one song that made me laugh. It's called Slam Dunk. Oh yeah. The slam it, when, slam it, dunk it song. We didn't like, even we didn't even talk about it. But when like uh, Amanda, I think Amanda's just she goes to Walter's office. She's like, "Me and you, we're gonna go play some basketball." Yeah, they just have a random pickup game of basketball. And this song, slam dunk, <laughs> by Pretty Boy Floyd, yes. is in the background um, with just a bunch of dude bros watching from the sidelines, watching Amanda like almost. Yeah, she almost, almost win. wins, and they were like, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> like a woman can do a three-point shot. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so silly. <laughs> like, they're the guys in the background. Their reactions were like over the top. 
But yeah, those were like the three or four songs that I recognized out of what's on this soundtrack. But, I don't know, we got the Grammy nomination, we'll get into the rest of it in a second. Let me quickly go through the cast and crew, because we have seen a lot of these people before. So for instance, Jo Beth Williams played Margo, we saw her in Dutch, she's also in Victim of Love in 1991. Lorraine Bracco as Sheila Faxton, we saw her in Talent for the Game. The Boss, Arnold Friedkin, we saw Tony Roberts in Popcorn. He's also in 1991's Our Sons, as well as episodes of Carol Bonet Show and Matlock. Um, you know, so, like we've seen a couple of these people before. Uh, Blake Edwards is the director and writer, Oscar nominated for writing Victor Victoria. Uh, he also has a 2004 honorary Oscar. He is Emmy nominated for writing and directing the Peter Gunn TV series, the Golden Globe nominated for directing The Days of Wine and Roses. Razzie nominations for writing and directing S.O.B. and also winning uh, for Sunset. Uh, he has also directed Breakfast Tiffany's, but he did not write that. But he did write and direct The Great Race, the Pink Panther series, pretty much everything except for the modern reboots uh, from Steve Martin. Uh, Ten, Blind Date. He also wrote on TV for things like The Mickey Rooney Show and Mr. Lucky. So he's done a whole bunch of bunch of stuff for decades upon decades. Ellen Barkin is Amanda Brooks, Golden Globe nomination and Emmy winner for Before Women Had Wings. She was in Diner, Tender Mercies, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, Down by Law, This Boy's Life, and more recently in the TV series Animal Kingdom. Jimmy Smith is Walter Stone, is a longtime TV actor. He doesn't have a whole lot of film roles, honestly. Uh, Golden Globe nominated for L.A. Law and NYPD Blue. Also, Emmy nominations for both of those and one win for L.A. Law. Nominated for a guest spot on Dexter. Spirit nominated for My Family. He's also been in movies Running Scared at the Cisco Kid, Star Wars 2 and 3. But on the TV side, he's also on West Wing and Sons of Anarchy, so a bunch of very popular shows. And in 1991, he's in Fires Within. Uh, Perry King as Steve Brooks, who we see for just a few minutes there. He is Golden Globe nominated for The Hasty Heart. Uh, he was in Melrose Place, Riptide, Class of 1984, and he also plays Han Solo in uh, the audio books slash radio drama adaptations of Star Wars. Uh, the Devil was played by Bruce Payne, who is in a few other 1991 movies, Pirates, Howling Six, and um, actually that's it, sorry. <laughs> but uh, he's known for playing villainous people in Warlock 3, Highlander Endgame, Passenger 57, and Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we have the, the two co-conspirators. Lisette Anthony played Liz. She's in, for some reason, several Brian Adams music videos. Like, a bunch of them. And I don't I, I don't know if there's, like, a romantic connection or something. But I don't think there was. him and her? Right. No, I don't think so. So she's just, like, the muse on the music video side. She's in, like, a ass load bunch of bunch of his music videos yeah uh, other than that she's in like crawl uh the tv show is night and day and also hollyoaks where she's been in over 400 episodes of that uh felicia was played by victoria mahoney she's the other co-conspirator for murder she, we saw her in wild orchid too she's also in first nine and a half weeks and then she's also done a bunch of directing for things like uh, yelling to the sky which is her own written premiere and then she went on to do a lot of tv shows like Grey's anatomy american crime you Lovecraft Country in the Morning Show. Uh, Jim J. Bullock is there as the psychic, as another somewhat problematic character who uses a accent for the uh, the spirit yeah, that he conjures. Yeah. Um, and he's also uh, off screen ired <laughs> by because he is a homosexual character. Uh, I know him from Hollywood Squares. Yeah. Uh, but also he was in Too Close for Comfort, which I watched a little bit of. Uh, that was syndicated on TV. Uh, Spaceballs and Ned's Declassified Guide as well. We have a couple other random uh, cameos, I guess there would be. Uh, Larry Linda Gary is the female voice of God. She's best known for playing Tila on the He-Man series. Uh, we have Michael Badaluco as the hard hat uh, cat collar guy on the street. He's an Emmy winner for The Practice. Uh, we have uh, Tia Leone as the dream girl they yes. go to interview her to see if she liked steve and she didn't she tried to be nice about it but mm -hmm. when when amanda didn't go to heaven she's like oh you're lying um 
It's like, yeah, I hated him. Uh, she's a stinker nominee for Deep Impact, Jurassic Park 3, Spanglish, Fun with Dick and Jane, Saturn Award winner for Family Man. She's been in Bad Boys, Flirting with Disaster, The Naked Truth, and also Madam Secretary. And then lastly, we have Catherine Keener, who played Steve's secretary, who is crying tears of happiness that he's dead. Uh, Oscar nominated for being John Malkovich and Capote. Emmy nominated for An American Crime. Spirit nominated for Lovely and Amazing. Walking and Talking, and the 1991 movie Johnny Swade. We can move on to true crime and pop culture, maybe talk about the soundtrack a bit more. I just have a few things. So the, the movie was supposed to have a soundtrack that was composed and arranged by Henry Mancini, and Henry Mancini has worked alongside with Blake Edwards. For a long time. Yeah. Created like, the Pink Panther iconic theme. Yeah, and then he's done, you know, music for Breakfast at Tiffany's and, like, won a mm. Grammy for that. So, yeah. So, the score was replaced. I don't know the reasoning, but the score was replaced by just this variation of pop music, which we heard throughout the movie. So there's no original score left at all? No, but they did release. So in when he's this, still credited, I think he still is credited. Maybe like in the background, you know, we hear. Yeah. But um, in May of ninety one, they they produced two soundtracks for this movie: <laughs> the Henry Mancini score and then the pop soundtrack. They both okay. came out at the same time. Having, it's not like a combined thing. It was like, do you want to listen to the score or these pop songs? But some of the pop songs are just like what we already said already. It's the, I mean, the main song was the Both Sides Now, which is that Joni Mitchell song, which we didn't, like the opening credits made it seem like it's, it was like clouds and like the, the theme song for this movie, like doesn't really set the tone. It's like a really weird mishmash of pop songs for this movie it's it's easy lift listening romantic which doesn't fit yeah the vibe it of doesn't this at all. like it, it starts off with like clouds and you're hearing this like ethereal song written by Joni mitchell and it makes you think that it's going to be a light-hearted rom-com or something yeah like the only connection is that you have both sides and that oh she's gonna yeah it's called it's both sides now so right but then it That's ends it. with this song, too, which yeah. is, like, weird to me. And then we have just a... F we have that Lyle Lovett song, which I don't even know when they played that. No. But there was uh, the Slam Dunk song. That's that's the one that I remember because it just made me laugh. That by, should be the Grammy winner right there. Yeah, by Pretty Boy Floyd. And then the Billie Holiday song. But they had a couple songs. There's a song by Jody Watley... Which I think that was playing when they went to go see Taya Leone, the dream girl, like when she's oh, sure. posing. Yeah. And then there's another song by the Jets. It's called Sending Out a Message, which I don't know when that was. But yeah, it was just like a, it's like easy listening. But then also this, that slam dunk, the slam dunk song is like from like a, like a hair metal band, and then you mm -hmm. have Billie Holiday, and then you have, like, pop music. So it's just, like, jazz, pop, hair metal, whatever, on this soundtrack. Dumb. It's just really weird. But, yeah, th there's two soundtracks that exist. One for the score, and then this random mishmash of songs that were in the movie. And, um, well, this movie was released on May 10th, which was a Friday, and it was the same release date as FX2. We watched... Which is also part of the Ebert episode. Yeah, we Siskel watched the, e the, Sis the Siskel and Ebert review, and they call FX2, like, a horrible movie. Yeah, they <laughs> They're like, they called, They trashed it. They gave it two thumbs way down. Way down. They hated it, and then for Switch, uh, Siskel, yeah. Siskel gave it a thumbs up, but Ebert gave, gave it a thumbs down. 
But I also read that this movie is based off of a play that was written by George Axelrod. It's also apparently a loose remake of Goodbye Charlie, a 1960s movie. Yeah, that's the play that George... Oh, okay. <laughs> George... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even get to... <laughs> um, but yeah, Trying in 19... Smart in front of you here. Right. So, the play is Goodbye Charlie that George Axelrod wrote in 1959, and it became a movie which starred Tony Curtis and then and Debbie Reynolds is the, you know, I mean, it's not the same name as the Steve Amanda, but you know, it's the same, you know, body switch. And that came out in 1964. I've never seen it, but there have been other iterations. There's a movie called angel number nine. It's that was released in 1974. And then a movie called Cleo slash Leo that came out in 1989, and they have similar storylines. Hmm. It's always about a womanizer that either gets killed or dies and then comes back as a woman to learn the mistakes that he's made. But I don't think it's the same as, like, you have a choice to go to heaven or hell. I think they just come back as a woman. Right. Just as a moral lesson. Yeah, as a lesson. Yeah. Switch is like the first one to make it this, I don't know, <laughs> dealing with like gods and whatever, and the devil and whatever. I almost, there's like one extra scene of the devil in here, and I do kind of wish that maybe the god and devil stuff would have interjected a bit more as like a progress report thing, or you know what I mean? Like, Again, it's just going back to my thought of, like, rules are missing. Alright, so we can move on to rankings and ratings then. Where on your one to five star scale are you going to put Switch? A two. Two? Yeah, neither of us think about this too much ahead of time, do we? <laughs> at least at this point. Well, like, I mean, I don't hate in. this movie, but I like Soap Dish more than... I would watch Soap Dish, like, more than this. The only reason why I like this movie is because of Ellen Barkin. Ellen Barkin makes the movie... On my zero to four star scale, it's tough to say. Uh, God, I guess I'll do a two out of four as well. I don't know, like... I'm like halfway with Ebert and that like I wish that it would have gone more into those different topics mm-hmm. but I also understand completely why it didn't and I don't want the movie to get dragged down into preachiness for some of the stuff that they bring up it, it's like not really even yeah. like the place for it yeah it's the way that it ends is so like when she decides to be like yeah I want to keep this baby like that message I don't know I mean, I'm I'm fine with I don't know like it's it's tough to say like it, we're I don't know like that part I didn't have a problem with I had a problem with that being the way that she succeeded Died. in the goal oh because the the baby yeah her daughter I don't think should count I I get that because what that's was almost the like point? saying like you love yourself like of course like the family is gonna love <laughs> you right yeah I don't know like, so. I, the movie had good progression it had good acting especially from the lead you know everything was good except for like the soundtrack and then also like the, the world building in general uh with the the supernatural paranormal whatever religious stuff in there so two out of four for me every movie's worth watching once would you watch it again uh maybe not for a really long time <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of different body swap movies to It makes me from. want to watch other body swap. I like body swap switch movies. I do too. And then I want to watch Your Name again. Oh, sure. Because <laughs> that's the, the woman goes into the man's body, the man goes into the woman's body. Yeah, you don't kind see... of explore it in, like, from both sides. You don't sides see, like, angle. the man going into a woman or a woman to a man. It's always like... It's always like, you know, the daughter into the mother, mother, daughter, or, you know, father, son. It's always something like that. Yeah. Yeah, almost always. Yeah, your name is a good, good example. And that one kind of doesn't have to worry about the comedy so much. It it does lean into those larger, more difficult topics. 
but it's you know well done as well uh yeah i mean there's a lot of classic stuff like if i want like a campy comedy i have not seen 18 again in however many years i have not seen like vice versa in however many years so there's like a lot of different like 80s era body swap movies that i would watch before i come back to this one yeah uh, if you out there do want to watch Switch as of this recording in January 2024, it's available on Max, Digital Rental, VHS, or DVD. As always, check your local listings. As for us, you can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991moviewind@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube. Just search 1991movierewind or go to 1991movierewind.com for the fullest movies along with show notes and more. Past two movies have been somewhat problematic in various different ways. I'm going to continue that trend next week with True Identity. That's on digital rental, VHS, or DVD. We will see you then. Thanks.